Welcome to Feminized. It's time for a show that turns the spotlight on the powerful women shaping cannabis culture. The cannabis industry is on fire and women are sparking it up. If you like the show, please subscribe. You can also subscribe to the Feminized podcast with Liz Grow on YouTube and Instagram. The future is feminized. Hey, sis. You're now listening to the Feminized podcast. Hey, y'all. I'm so excited to be here at MJ Unpacked with Amy Dennison, the co-founder of the Cannabis Media Council. And she's busy, y'all, deprogramming the war on drugs. So I'm thrilled that you could take the time to sit with me today and chat about what you're up to. Liz, thanks for having me. I'm glad to be here. So let's start at the beginning, Amy. We're here in New York. It's MJ Unpacked. I've seen things about the Cannabis Media Council ever since we landed yesterday. I've seen the I'm High Right Now hat. I've heard conversations about Cannabis Media Council work. I mean, you guys are doing big, big things. Um, tell me where you got your start. How did you get here? And how did you come to be the co-founder of the Cannabis Media Council. Thanks so much. And I'm so glad to hear that the word is out. I'm glad to hear that you are high right now. Yeah, that NYC is um, high right now. Yes. That is the entire point of the Cannabis Media Council is to start to spark conversations that helps to deprogram the war on plants and people. Uh, there's been a lot of misinformation that has been shared about this plant. And so one thought with the Cannabis Media Council is let's counter all this propaganda um, with some pro-media. And so the Cannabis Media Council came together with a uh, dual purpose, uh, which is one, uh, to put out pro-cannabis advertising on a national level uh, that helps people reconsider this plant and get to know it anew but also do so through mainstream media channels. And so part of deprogramming is, is uh, ending the mainstream media moratorium on cannabis advertising and also encouraging people of you know, how to think about this plant um, from a creative and an enjoyable perspective, um, but then also uh, from, you know, reconsider some of the ways that they're censoring uh, messages that their audiences are already ready for. Right, oh, I love hearing that. Um, one thing that you said was particularly, I think, relevant for us being, you know, cannabis media creators in understanding all too well um, this just the censorship, the vicious censorship that is happening in the war that's being waged against the cannabis message, the cannabis as a healing plant message. You know, it feels like we're constantly getting shut down as marketers. What's the Cannabis Media Council doing to kind of help open the doors and get the message? out there with the major networks and, and other platforms that seem to be, you know, anti-cannabis? Yes, it's a great question. And marketing is so constrained right now in cannabis, not only because of censorship, but also, uh, quite honestly, because of underfunding. Uh, there's a lot of expenses that it takes uh, to get cannabis products to market. And by the time they actually get to market, they've, you know, the majority of cannabis marketing budgets um, are under 5% of their annual spend. Wow. Which if you compare that to a CPG or a retail environment, uh, the marketing budgets are all north of like, you know, 10 to 15, sometimes upwards of 25% right. of the annual spend. And so it's a, it's a challenging uh, thing for marketers um, on both fronts. And so the Cannabis Media Council uh, is really a trade organization that is hoping to be the tide that lifts all boats. Mm. And with that, marketers, uh, we have over 200 members at this point from when we launched the council that have raised their hand to say, we recognize that there's only so far we can go alone as a brand. And so we need there to be a halo effect. And so the Cannabis Media Council 
uh, strives to be that halo effect. And so for the first campaign, I'm high right now, uh, we we focused and uplifted uh, multiple stories of our elders, specifically looking at how the baby boomer population and above engages with cannabis uh, to enjoy their life. So we have lovebirds that are sliding back into their old way. Hey, we know what that means. We've got that. We've got, uh, we've got a divorcee who's getting back into the garden. Uh, we've got a dad who is getting his uh, golfing in and, and walking all 18 uh, holes. And then we also have someone who's, you know, sunset souls have never been brighter. And so she's out enjoying her life. And so the I'm high right now is really meant to extend the idea of what it means to be high. Yes. Um, and in, in some respects, yes, uh, let's all get elevated. Let's have a good time. Um, but also it can be, you know, a wonderfully exhilarating feeling to get back into hobbies or, or um, activities that you enjoy. Uh, and that's also a definition of, of, of being high. And so with these stories and with this uh, and w thank you. Of course, we got to take care of each other. That's right. <laughs> um, is with this um, with this campaign is partnering with a partner uh, such as Hearst Media, and Hearst Media is a huge media empire. Wow, that's uh, incredible. Exactly. And so we launched the campaign in January of this year with Connecticut Post, um, so Hearst newspapers, because Connecticut had recently legalized. They were you know starting to think about this plant. Um, yes, as a medical um, uh, medical product, which is super important, and we need to maintain the medical program. Um, but then also, uh, we had now adults thinking about products uh, that were new to their market. And so when we ran up through the Hearst newspapers, um, specifically targeting people that were over the age of 55, and over the course of a couple of months, uh, you had over 2 million impressions. And when people came to read the article, um, had a dwell time of over three minutes, which is just incredible in terms of, you know, internet um, engagement. Right. And so we're really happy to see that the messaging is resonating and a partner uh, that's mainstream and already beloved um, by people who uh, see it as a trusted resource are engaging with it um, and learning about this plant anew. So it's, it's so rewarding to be part of driving the, these amplified conversations. Oh, I bet. I bet it's just so satisfying to see a piece about cannabis in, you know, such, um, you know, foundational, um, in such foundational, I think, channels such as a Hearst um, property. I'm sure I'm not using the right word, but you know, to see it in a, a, you know, a newspaper or a billboard or, you know, not internet marketing where we can kind of get around, um, you know, loopholes and try to find ways and spend more money to get our message in front of, you know, a targeted audience. What you guys are doing is trying to get this message in front of those people who aren't reaching out or who aren't seeking out information for cannabis and are just maybe living their lives. So um, I, I respect that so much. I mean, Talk about a difficult, difficult audience to get in front of. 55-year-olds who are just kind of like, cannabis, that's not for me. Or they're right. the most, they've been the most stigmatized, the most misinformed. Um, and so the goal, and right now we're so excited to, to share that next issue will be in Vanity Fair. Uh, and so, yeah, Vanity Fair. Vanity Fair, yeah. like, makes for real yeah. publications. Yes, yes. How did you do that? What's, talk to me about that, that Vanity Fair. It's so spread or uh, tell me about it. Yes. The, there's three things to like really think about um, when engaging with a publisher uh, as they're starting to consider the category 
is one, how can you work with their legal team uh, to reassure any type of um, uh, any type of uh, conflict that they may have um, with licensing or federal distribution and, and make sure that they're within the the states and territories that welcome um, this kind of advertising. So first and foremost, how do you work within the systems? The secondly, is how do you uh, talk about community expectations and guidelines and and reassure them or help understand like why this is um, a message that will be well received. It's not offensive that we're seeing a vast majority of people skew um, to being open to cannabis as an alternative, mm. uh, especially to um, you know other uh, drugs like opioids um, or else looking for other wellness products um, for their life um, that are skew more holistic. And then then looking at third, uh, publishers oftentimes, because they're not cannabis industry experts, don't know um, who's a verified brand or who's a verified company to work with um, versus someone who may be opportunistic. And so the council can really serve to say, look, these are, you know, over 200 people and more, or we can give you good indications on uh, that they are doing their absolute best to be on the right side of the law and history. And they're verified, vetted, fantastic brands that would uh, sit next to your other advertising uh, clients uh, with with joy, with um, and with panache, um, mm-hmm. and they're ready yeah. for it. And so, really, it's about this this reassuring, but then also uh, 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 letting them know that behind this this pro bono or this low bono, because the council is a, is a nonprofit, that there are dozens, hundreds of cannabis brand advertisers that are excited to to explore new channels to market. Yes. And so how do we open the door so that more advertisers, as this industry matures and grows, um, have a place to actually put their fantastic creative to sell their products? And so really it comes down to asking um, and continuing to to evolve and be a great resource to our publisher partners. That's incredible. That's so, so you're doing your, your, your servicing both ends. You're servicing your publisher partners because they certainly need new advertising revenues. I mean, who doesn't? And and also, I mean, you want to stay relevant, but then how to do that with a federally Ill- illegal product and oh God. So you're really helping them to choose the right partners. And then when it comes to the brands, you're helping them to present in the best light so that they can sit beside the Coca-Colas and the Teslas and the um, Rolexes, you know, the brands, of course, I'm now I'm just thinking luxury brand because cannabis is all luxury. But, you know, you, you get it. I, I love that. I love that so much. And it's just such a huge service to the industry. Um, we had a brief ch- chat before camera started rolling and you shared that you were from Iowa. Yeah. So because I, I, I'd love to know quickly, I'm, I know we could probably talk all day about your story, but I would love to know how you even got to be here as the co-founder of Cannabis Media Council coming from Iowa. Yes. <laughs> Born and raised in the heartland. Uh, Yes, Iowa. Then, you know, I had a teenage years in in Wisconsin, school in Minneapolis, Minnesota, like absolute heartland uh, kid here. Uh, But I moved to New York in my 20s and, you know, was attracted to, you know, to to making my own way and and um, and becoming in a way that New York uh, promises. I did not think I'd still be here 20 years later. You made it. you seriously, you made it. If you can make it, you can make it anywhere. I mean, that's the, that's the thrill. Um, but really, what brought me to cannabis 
um, is, of course, I love the plant. It's always been a favorite. Um, but I was galvanized um, when I came face to face with a health uh, crisis, uh, someone who is uh, terminally ill in their final in their final uh, months. Uh, cannabis is the only thing that really kept them comfortable and lucid. Mm. And in that moment of then procuring cannabis as a medicine, as opposed to, you know, just, you know, something for fun or to get elevated. Yeah. But um, shifted my perspective because I was now also concerned that this person had a compromised immune system. And so I was hoping, you know, that the cannabis I was sourcing uh, was going to be okay. Uh, and then also realize that in the sourcing of it in yet an unlegalized state that I was in a, a territory that was, yes, risky for me, but nowhere near as like devastating as it could be for, you know, a, one of my black or brown friends. So the whole, the whole like thing, the whole experience galvanized me to say, I want to be part of changing, uh, this experience and this narrative, uh, entirely uh and so in thinking about you know how do we legalize this plant as medicine how do we think about uh um, responsible use um and rolling that out for adults how do we how do we get people out of jail and also pay reparations uh for the generations of harm and then like how do we start to have nuanced conversations around what this plant could possibly be and that of course comes with descheduling from the Controlled Substance Act and so that we can actually research and have clinical understanding um, of this plant and its its properties. And so uh, while I was attracted to the edge, um, uh, you know, burgeoning, growing industry that cannabis is, it's thrilling and exciting. And much of my career has been in uh, marketing for new ideas and new industries. Cannabis for me, I'm I'm a lifer in it. Like just to and I can't wait to see like what we grow and what we become in the in the coming years. Beautiful, beautiful. Thank you for giving your your power and your love and your skill and all of your talents to this plant. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. The work that you're doing will be felt across the country, across the globe. I have no doubt about that. And know that Growhouse Media is, I mean, we're in your service. You, d- you let us know how we can help the Cannabis Media Council, and, and we will. We will be there. Um, because, again, what you're doing, you're doing it the right way, right? You're doing it quietly with the right folks at the table, and then you're going to make it a huge splash. I mean, in Vanity Fair, for crying out loud. Um, what else is coming up? Any other exciting um, ad campaigns? First, thank you for your support so much, and thank you for doing the hard work. I mean, Texas, we've we've got a lot um, we've got a lot of road to cover there, um, but the people are ready for it, and so we'll continue to help uplift and advocate for patients and also uh, new forms of wellness with you. And so, thank you so much. Uh, the new things are coming is back to an earlier point you were saying is how can we be a good resource to both publishers and advertisers. And so in May, uh, so next month, we will be releasing guidelines for advertisers and publishers. So how, you know, similar in the vein of Discus for Spirits and the IAB for digital advertising in the early days, um, offering as a, you know, a self-guided, self-regulatory practice recommendations for advertising publishers as they become more comfortable with, with um, putting out paid media in the sector. 
And so we'll be releasing it, um, sharing some great case studies of brands and publishers or, who are doing it well. Um, and as the key, like broadest takeaway from these guidelines is that as cannabis brands, businesses, operators, uh, you can advertise. Um, and this is something that, you know, I hear still daily um, that they're like, well, we can't advertise. So we have to do this. And I'm like, that in itself is a myth. Um, right. More and more publishers and platforms are coming online to welcome the cannabis sector. And it's now it's our time to show up and show up in the creativity and in the abundance and in the beauty and in the in the sincerity uh, that this industry offers. Oh, God. Couldn't have said it better myself. Absolutely couldn't have because you are the marketing guru. Um, no, but truly, though, thank you for that playbook. Thank you for providing that playbook for brands and advertisers. And I can't wait to take a look at it and certainly promote it on our own channels because in Texas, we have a number of folks who are really excited about the cannabis industry. They've dipped their toe in the water with hemp in hemp products, but certainly have no clue, I think, um, how to how to get the word out. And I've heard that a lot that, no, we can't advertise because it's federally legal. It's like, well, first, it's a hemp product. Mm -hmm. so it's federally legal. Um, and second of all, that's not the case. We just need to have guidelines in place to do it in a way that you feel confident moving forward with your advertising, I think. So, um, so any plans for MJ Unpacked? What are you most excited about? I mean, this conference. this conversation I'm the most excited about, and I love I love welcoming people um, to New York. It's we just celebrated our first entirely legal 420, yes. uh, which absolutely hits different. Uh, and so, so excited that people are starting to experience the New York culture and the scene, the vibe, um, some of our incredible products. Um, that we brought to market. And so New York Cannabis is, um, is fantastic. It's thriving. Uh, and we're excited to be part of the global leadership uh, of this industry. Awesome. Well, we're excited to be part of it for this very, this small slice during MJ Unpacked. And I'm grateful for your time, Amy, grateful for your work. And let's do this again. Let's yeah. revisit after the guidelines are out. Let's talk about them. Perfect. Okay. I'll see you soon then. Awesome. All right. Thanks, you guys. Get a hug. Hi. Oh. If you'd like more, subscribe to the Feminize podcast on YouTube. Follow at Feminize with Liz Grow on Instagram. Special thanks to our sponsors, Moose Labs and Richard's Rainwater. The Feminize podcast is a Growhouse Media production created by Liz Grow, produced by Patrick Pope and Dan Sreen, with original theme music and audio mixing by Q at Q to King Productions in New Braunfels, Texas.